The Late Morning Program with Nam Ras Podcast. Hare Krishna, everyone, you're listening to the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world, the late morning program. I'm your host, Nam Ras. I'm here with a recurring guest, uh, uh, Yogi Nataraj Prabhu, Gaur Nataraj Prabhu, uh, and also his uh, good wife, Sundri Devi Dasi. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hare Krishna. Thank you for having us on the world's best Hare Krishna television show. It's an <laughs> honor to be here. Thank you. So I love to bring you both on because uh, you talk a lot about health um, and about caring for ourselves in a, in a natural way. And I um, and I really applaud what you're doing. So I wanted to uh, show your new book that you have out and just a little bit of a background on the book. And also, Sundri, uh, a little bit about yourself as well, because we know a lot about Gornatraj Prabhu, but we don't know so much of your background. How did you get, let's start with you, how did you get into um, health uh, and also this detox book? And what what kind of uh, spurred you to talk about this subject, detox? Yes. Uh, so basically, The Food for the Soul, the first book and the second book, both are my own journey. And uh, being a devotee throughout my life, I'm from Mumbai and I grew up, my father was a life member and I've always been a Hare Krishna throughout my life. And uh, and it was, I always had a desire to do cookbooks, but it was, it was never happening. But only when I had a lot of health challenges, like my first baby and the second baby, and being a Hare Krishna devotee, I wanted uh, my healthcare and to recover myself um, to be more sattvic. Like anything, any activity you do, you could do like vigorous workout, go to the gym, do whey protein, and don't eat the food and everything. I'm like, this is something just does not fit into my sadhana lifestyle. This is something which which just does not resonate with what I am right now. I'm, I'm bhakti. I'm a yogi, and I need to have something which is which is very sattvic, and I know it also fits into the routine very easily first and foremost thing having children like you have time for nothing basically you somehow manage it and uh, that's how uh, i got into that journey and then uh, what happened is of course the background was getting married to a yogi you know who must have been in a <laughs> he should be you know a yogi in himalayas he accidentally bumped into me and we got married <laughs> But yeah, so basically it is his influence that, you know, I used to be like Chappan Boga specialist. I used to cook so much, but I refined my knowledge uh, after marrying a yogi and he's like, oh, I can't eat this. What did you? Oh, no, I can't do this. And so he he trained me into yoga. Like he made me do teacher training. He sent me to traditional yoga school back in South India after we got married. I used to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. So definitely the the aspect of food for the soul, like he is the like, you know, the sutradhari. He gave me the sutras. He gave me the outline of how, you know, a diet should be like sattvic and light. And, you know, and definitely he wanted somebody who could, you know, help his own journey. And, uh, you know, and then that's how it started. We changed our diet. We changed our lifestyle for ourselves. And, uh, and he definitely had a beautiful vision that, you know, yogi uh, devotees need to have a very thoughtful diet and lifestyle approach. And uh, he's been doing this for so many years. 
so so definitely the thought behind the book and and the idea of making that um detox fasting he was the first person to fast <laughs> all that so yeah that is that is the background of how we we tailored everything to suit our our sadhana our consciousness our journey ahead and uh, most of like this is just a nice highlight for all the devotees and a lot of inspiration is from shila prabhat books and teachings you know mm-hmm. yes definitely like devotees are really not reading good, all the purports of shila prabhat and we used to read a lot and um, before coming to to the states he had a book called krishna yoga and the entire book like the first 30% the extraction was from all the purports of shila prabhat of what he talks about the practice of yoga and how he you know encourages and how he speaks about particular asanas and everything so i think that was the inspiration because i'm a bhakti i'm bhakti yogi like i didn't like i didn't do yoga before i have to be honest right. i got inspired by him and i i was so in this is whether i need you know yoga or whether i don't need i'm fine but then when i started adapting the practices of yoga and especially the kriyas the cleansing and the diet um i used to be a serious um uh, severe allergic person any season change i would have mucus i used to have a lot of allergy problems and everything and then when he showed me all the cleansing processes i'm like oh who's going to do this but when i learned and i was like like entire year i'm free from allergies and i'm able to chant i'm able to wake up early i'm able to do so many things because the breath prana you know if you breathe properly then you have energy if you don't breathe then you don't have energy so definitely first you know uh he he had to convince me <laughs> honestly to and then once i convinced it has it has been a journey so far and i think it's going to be lifetime to bring bring this you know beautiful uh you know beautiful uh, teachings of yoga and bhakti put together because if you want to advance in krishna consciousness if you really want to come to the shuddha sattva guna you definitely have to take care of your diet and have your lifestyle and many devotees are confused how to do it where to start and you know like what to change and why to change yeah, <laughs> yeah? exactly yeah Yeah, you, you know yeah. so yeah so that's just a little bit of the story i i don't want to pull too long but sure. yes and that's both the books are my own journey i wanted to change my my own diet my own lifestyle and homeschool the kids i cannot pull extra time for anything but i have to still like you have to bring everything into your world you cannot like go do something for yourself and i wanted to be there for my kids and i think uh, out of the desire of <laughs> wanted to do nothing it's still so much as manifested as krishna's grace um that's that's great um what are the what are the differences because i know gornatraj prabhu presented the first book in our previous episodes but for the the book that just recently came out what's the difference between those two yeah please hold them up yeah yeah just yeah. for uh, everyone's knowledge so this was our first book no this oh, no, was this the was the first, first. Yeah. <laughs> So this was our first book for for the soul. Yeah. Uh, we still, you know, uh, we sold more than three thousand five hundred. Thanks to your show, we saw we. After we, that, many, we, many many joined the Chandrayana fasting. Many yeah. joined the fasting. All right. Yeah. So this this book was more simple. Like we were, I would say, uh, it was like a simplified fasting. 
the whole idea of yeah. fasting but what we realized was <clears throat> like i met several diabetics and uh, people going uh, many health issues fasting does help you overcome many health issues but the point is how long will you fast yeah. and you can't just fast like uh, i was uh, shopping at one of these stores and i was buying some figs fresh figs and there was this lady and she was a diabetic and i was like buying figs like anything i love figs and this lady is not buying much i'm like i am a diabetic i said wow okay i said you do you fast do you do this yeah, but how long will i fast you know <laughs> so that's when i i realized that because i also went through a, a difficult phase at one point of time and my health really went down so fasting did rejuvenate me right but then how long will you fast so and a follow up after fasting what krishnamacharya says whom i respect a lot who is the pioneer of you know the yoga of in the modern world today he is uh, the shrivashnava he, he the shrivashnava founder he came in his dream and he gave him yoga and yoga he calls yoga as a sadhana sadhana for bhakti right he does mantra he says the most thing the most important sutra he writes that inspired me in the yoga sutras there is a sutra called prayatna saithilya ananda samapatti bhyam how should your body asana movement be he says your body should be so relaxed so energized when practicing yoga asana that you are able to ananta samapatti bhyam always meditate on lord ananta who is the aadhar he says he interprets that way and that's why i consider him and he talks a lot because he literally reversed many health issues just with yoga and that was a great thing at that time and he says krishnamacharya says that to maintain a satvic diet where you don't overeat because overeating this is my phd actually insulin resistance overeating that causes it's not just a physical damage and i've seen it myself it's not just physical overeating it also makes you gives you brain fog stress and even you want to chant many many times we don't realize it is too many puris you know that not only <laughs> so the goal of this book is to give you delight delightful recipes yeah they are all good <laughs> where wholesome recipes wholesome yeah. recipes where you eat and you can eat and and the thing is if you if you see this when you eat junk food there's no limit you just keep on eating you you don't don't feel like stopping but whereas something which is healthy and good tasting or you won't over it right we have seen that so this book is a set of like really very healthy uh we have so many recipes out here beginning with you know juices and uh, we have some pasta and we have some of but this is all like lentil millets basically a uh, lot of millet recipes even you have idlis but they are millet they are yeah. not they are not heavy on rice and yeah so i'll just give a quick outline so the entire book is free from rice and wheat and sugars and corn just to just and that to, is one wow just to add a point yes, here yes that's the leading cause of so much of brain fog and then hormonal imbalances thyroid and for men insulin resistance that turns into diabetes so we are our diet is way too rich too Too, too much of starch too much of too wheat. much of starch wheat and also wheat is like daily diet 
and many yeah. debate that this was the staple food we ate wheat and you know in the other part of the world we ate corn and we ate you know what, what is called rice but that is not true that is that is not true actually and you have to actually if you look at when we did our research on wheat and rice i found many books famous books that talk about how today's wheat is the cause of most allergies number one wheat today's wheat it's not wheat because the actual wheat in the 1950s and 60s used to be about 10 feet tall 7 to 10 feet the wheat stalk today it's hardly 4 feet so it's been altered so much to meet the growing demand so it's in quantity but it's not in quality yeah and and that's when we found that although wheat is mentioned in our scriptures you know like We, there's so many <laughs> puris. Grains, yeah. Prabhupada talks about grains a lot. Yeah, luchi yeah. chini, all these things. You know, they are puris yeah. with the rice, yeah. with the sugar. But the thing is, the way they are altered today, they are so difficult to digest. You know, that's the problem. And the main aspect of the book is that many devotees or many you know yogis who join is like, what is the option when you say reduce this, reduce, you know, not eating rice every day, not even eating, yeah. eating potatoes and starch and you know wheat. Uh, what are the options? So this is like a practical, you know, <laughs> practical, you know, guide that entire book. I cannot say it gluten free because you, we are using barley, and barley has a little bit of gluten. But the but the barley is uh, it comes under uh, sheetha means in Ayurveda it means it is cooling in diet, whereas wheat is heating and warming, and that's why uh, one of the reason is that you know allergy triggers. So that is that is one uh, you know aspect of the book where we we giving you so many varieties, and you know even if you eat for fifteen days from this book, rice would not come in, and you'll have a menu full of so much of varieties. And then uh, second thing in you know uh, in Ayurveda, uh, chikitsa vibhaga, you know when you are trying to cure from particular you know imbalances because ayurveda doesn't stamp you with you know disease like you know you have diabetes you have cancer it doesn't <coughs> it it goes back to the root of the elemental imbalances so it ask you to follow pathya pathya means some dietary restrictions which are going to come they are they are going to block the healing process when we do the treatment introducing you to the kashayam to the teas and herbs and rasayana or you know whatever you know uh, exercises of yoga those things in your diet are going to block the consciousness and your physiology to heal further so some of the highlights in ayurveda are you know uh, potatoes tomatoes eggplant chilies so this book is free from all those that you would not find those in the book because we are doing chikitsa vibhaga generally they are fine you know if somebody has no issues you consume them you may not have any you know heavy imbalances or heavy disease or uh, you know things like that but when we are dealing with you know uh, you know constant chronic health issues then i will ask you to take out all those which is causing inflammation which is causing excess ether and air to blow out into your joints and your migraines and i mean that's how you have migraines and you know no, arthritis no, so that is that is one of the why that is why i am naming it as detox because uh, mm-hmm. we are we are following all the ayurvedic um, you know concepts and the protocols of chikitsa vibhaga of healing like that so no, even in <clears throat> hatha yoga pradipika 
it explains so she talked about a very important point that is if you have chronic health issues then you you know you give up this you give up that and the, the things which cause allergy but then in in hatha pradipika and even in general you know books where sadhana where yogic sadhana is talked about it talks about patya it talks about what you should and what you should not eat it's there right like in general we talk about vegetarian right so then the beginning right other day i was reading an article by keshav krishnaprabhu right about devotees and very senior devotees now you should talk about the regular iskon diet you know <laughs> many, many of them are too old to eat such heavy food they need a very lighter food yeah. now it's actually good to begin with but then when you go serve your guru maharajas and see, serve the senior vaishnavas you would see that how they have altered their entire diet and lifestyle so it's it's okay like you begin with prashadam it's like sumptuous it's a lot it's like filling and you know the sweet the sugar gulab jamun and everything because that brings you there but then you have to go further so that's but, but, yeah but you're not saying that if you don't have any chronic issues that you sh- that it's okay that we eat no. No, no 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 like um you know all the things that you didn't put in the book right yeah. it's not just for no. chronic like we yeah. said this book is specifically you can eat tasty even without them yeah right even without them you can yeah. eat tasty and healthy see the thing is for example even in ayurveda it talks about rice you know as a healing but that rice is like raw red rice mm. not like you know like the white polished rice what i realized was the white polished rice that we eat in general that has all the protein removed from it all the bran removed from it and they sell it to you separately just like milk milk according to like prashila prabhupada says it is a miracle food but what what are they doing to the milk they are removing the fat and that fat free so called milk is actually damaging to the body that is damaging because that is supposed to experiments have proven studies have proven that that raises your insulin levels so if you take full fat milk whole milk whole milk that gives you the brain cells that propad is talking about it's the fat mm-hmm. it's healthy fat so there is healthy fat yeah. now in this book what we have done is now currently rice most of the rice that is available is like polished like wheat is again you know like it has gluten and it has so we have excluded that but um uh, like she said that point actually many devotees whom we get into our fasting program they ask you say no wheat no rice no no eggplant no potato what no, do you no 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 yeah <laughs> and what do you eat so then we thought okay if you want to do this on a mass scale now we need to give people healthy alternatives you know otherwise it's very easy we will go back to our previous diet <laughs> so yeah, in this so this is this is like uh, this is answer to uh, of course to support his phd program because we're going to share all the recipes okay we're going to stop eating all this but then eat what so we have this books and then those so many like over 2 years so many devotees have done the the 21 day detox and the chandrayaan fast and they are like okay now we need more variety we need the same kind of diet and lifestyle but with much more variety because they're not going to fast uh they like it's it's good to fast like every 6 months we will have they'll come back they just need a, another reset 
and then they want to go back but they don't want to go back and eat the the same thing which caused all the inflammation which caused caused all the you know health issues and they want you know better healthier options so of course this this book is also for them and uh, it is going to be very helpful for our own studies uh you know my masters and his uh, phd and the idea is about his even his books the reason we are investing so much time and energy because first of all doing writing the books is such a purification process for us it, it really purifies our own consciousness it's very uplifting it takes a lot of sattva guna to really sit down you know and uh, study open through the ayurvedic textbooks and you know doing that but all all glories to shila prabhupad books uh, only if you have read prabhupad books thoroughly all these all the other scriptures it's like you know it's pre digested for you you understand them better you kind of uh, grasp the real essence of it and then you can then come out you know bringing it into how you can present it to others so you know totally blessed to have you know shila prabhupad books read as <laughs> as young as possible when we were and um, and then the idea is we want to do as many books as possible because eventually the reason we we went to do our you know further academic uh, you know gain more credentials over here is like we wanted to do more like like a full fledged college or a university and then when we we our school is registered and everything is there but when we got to know what we need to have to really do something substantial like this is that we need to have more credits we need to be certified over here our degrees are back from india so uh, then we thought okay covid is going on <laughs> and the kids are young you know they are small and we have to be with them and you know we have to enjoy them with everything that you have <laughs> all the difficulties given and so on and uh, we said okay we'll just so i i pushed him you know you you go you study you know at this because you know you're you're not going to travel and we just have to be behind the screen and we have to teach from being you know in the house and you know you could you could invest that time he's a super brainy person i have to pull him out into the world <laughs> going back to going back to um this one yeah. point i would yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah one point i would like to add what started um, another thing what we why we came up with this also um our uh, hari parshad prabhu he also told me this very nice point he said uh, uh prabhu ji could you do something on pradnya aparad could you talk about pradnya aparad and that really that word it was for the first time so i was starting my phd and i was doing this diabetes 90 million people in america have this and i went through a tough phase where you know my i was also very imbalanced so when i read this pradnya aparad you know that's when i realized atyahara prayasa all these things this is all intellectual deviation mistake of in ayurveda it says that all diseases are because of intellectual either lack of intellect or ignoring you know the intellectual points as in the scripture you know really so, yeah. yeah so and so pradnya means aparad, it, for it, example it says morning in ayurveda it says don't eat a heavy meal in the morning right it says and it says one should not eat like one should do sandhya vandanam the sandhyas one should use only for meditation one should not eat during the sandhya one should not eat late night one should not sleep during the day if one is uh 
kapha and vata prakriti so there are so many things there and it says if you ullangana if you don't follow these rules then you you have committed an intellectual offense and that leads to disease like eating wrong things at the wrong time yeah and we don't even realize because we naturally people have yeah. the same diet throughout the year right today and that is the problem the second thing is what i realized was in ayurveda it says and today studies have proven that you have to eat at definite times you cannot snack in between and today it has been proven that snacking in between today the problem is we have so many snacks available all the time and eating snack in between so ayurveda it says the digestion is lord vishnu and eating is a eating is a sacred activity right. and you have to invoke the fire like morning you take healing so our book begins with that morning uh, juices chia recipes uh, you know all these things uh, teas where you activate where you invoke your fire and you become very focused and then by lunch time by noon as the sun rises so we have also a clock right so we also have the manipura chakra and lord vishwanara vishnu he also moves along with the sun so he also gets activated so that's when the lunch is activated that's when the agni is activated the lunch you know lunch time agni and that should be your major meal now after that sometimes we end up eating ice cream or some snack after that then dinner you know like people's major most of the people who came to us for uh, you know uh, counseling we found that and today it's a common thing most people have a big belly and most people have a big dinner mm. so that was the main cause because you either sleep or you digest so we kind of corrected that and in the book so we have put for dinner for example how to eat healthy soups so you can take those soups even if you know like it it will fill you but it will not make you like that bloated or heavy and things like that so we came up with this whole ayurvedic cycle you know following the intellect you know dinacharya basically so what is important in ayurveda it is said the sun and the moon cycles and our body is programmed to that now if we do not understand this or if you do not if you do whatever <laughs> we feel like like today it is said uh, when i was the, i got an opportunity that was the great thing about maharshi university uh, as i started my phd they also gave me an opportunity to study masters in ayurveda so i done my masters in yoga so i did a quick masters it was like a crash course crash finish <laughs> so that it could help me in my phd this professor is like you have to do this and it was an amazing journey and i found there are so many things praladananda maharaj's book one what shila prabhupada said if you look at it deeper you know shila prabhupada gives now for example when balimardan from australia he writes to prabhupada i am having headaches and prabhupada writes back to him that you are having constipation right so he says eat like this he do this eat this you know the and he gives him a, so prabhupada knew that right but during that time he had to give the bullets because they were on a mission right and today and but today we are reading leading mostly like a professional you know systematic life so we need to get into a systematic diet you know that's the thing so one yeah mm-hmm. one question i have is you know different in ayurveda different people have different consistencies like kapha and all that and all those things i'm not so familiar with them but it's not that everyone is it okay 
for some devotees to eat certain things and for some devotees not to, or should everyone across the board not give up or try to give up starches and, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, nightshades and all those other things. So isn't it according, I guess my question is, isn't it according to the person's consistency? There's Ayurvedic body types and owing to that you have, see Ayurveda is a very sophisticated personalized approach. So, you know, every particular dosha, like, you know, you, I may have, you know, I may have sneezing cough and I may have a particular, you know, illnesses going on, but my aggravation is due to the datus, my, you know, constitution, it could be just kapha and somebody who has pitta constitution, even that person is experiencing, you know, mucus, but then it could be ignited through, you know, the imbalances of pitta. So definitely the roots are different and the diet is also different for vata, pitta and kapha. And then Ayurveda also talks about samadosha, which means that, you know, diet, the guidelines, which is good for all three doshas. So By most the of the recipes oh. were samadosha, yeah, samadosha, three doshik. So, so then there is like, you know, for example, quinoa is a grain for kapha dosha. Quinoa is light. It has the qualities of ether and air. It is very light. So kapha means one who has, uh, you know, earth and water. Uh, qualities, the gunas of uh, earth and water is kapha prakriti. So uh, rice and tapioca and potatoes, they are like, you know, of course, potatoes is also high in vata, but it also has starch. So those are the things which will aggravate kapha, which means a kapha body type eating the same ingredients, which also have the gunas of kapha will make you gain more weight. But then if I eat the qualities, if I eat quinoa, which is also having protein, but it doesn't have the same gunas of my constitution. So that will gain, help me maintain my weight and lose my weight. So same thing goes when somebody is of pitta prakriti, like, you know, a lot of heat in the in the digestive system and even the body is of pitta type so they need to eat shita they need to eat a red rice black rice they need to eat cooling ingredients into their diet because you know not everybody like you'll see in your family like you know somebody who likes spices another person is like i can't do spices yeah. So that, that itself an indication, okay, this person is having excess pitta, like there is a lot of heat in the blood and the digestive tract, the esophagus, so there is, uh, he cannot, he or she cannot tolerate heat. And then there is person who is of more of an earth kapha constitution who tolerates, uh, you know, the spice level or kind of dissolves it better than the other person. So here are the symptoms to know that they are, you know, there is vata, pitta, and kapha in you know all, all different body types. But despite whatever is your body type, whether you are vata, pitta, and kapha, vata, pitta, pitta, pitta vata, kapha, like there are like six different types of Ayurvedic bodies, and very few would have vata, pitta, kapha, all three. Despite whatever is your underlying body type, you still have all three. The the five elements which transform into the three doshas. You. In every human's body, the, the all the three doshas are constantly working in your physiology to come back to balance. They are just constantly trying. So when you, it says like like aggravates like. So for example, if I I'm kapha prakriti. So if I eat too much rice, if I do, so it's going to uh, aggravate my kapha. So I have to introduce the diet and protocol which is going to pacify kapha and at the same time balance my elements. So these these are like some of the basics of Ayurvedic details of how you balance, you know, your your three doshas, and that gives a good introduction on that. 
I've in the in the in the in beginning, the book we have we explained have introduced it. the Ayurvedic body type. And then we oh, also so, yeah, I was gonna ask because how like for some for someone like me, I hear so much about it, but I don't know which type type I yeah. am. Yeah. So you can actually read these symptoms. For example, if you are lean, airy, you know, kind yeah. of so that is vata right. combination. So all of us have kapha pitta vata, right? But what percentage each dosha dominates us? So if you are heavy, bulky. And uh, good <clears throat> so muscle and bone mu structure. Good muscle bone structure. Then it's kapha. So if you are in between, kind of you know like pitta is like a kshatriya, is like a warrior. He's not too fat, not too lean, but he's like a warrior. Yeah. You know, like in between. So that is pitta dominating. So mostly we are in between. We are pitta, like most of us today. Like, and then because of our diet for a long time, Ayurveda also says. That we alter our nature. So suppose we have been eating too much pasta right? or too much rice, then we also gain those qualities, right? Mm -hmm. So what we have given is in this book. So we have given yeah, an introduction, introduction of to, to understanding, and many people found it very beneficial so far already. Yeah. Then for each recipe, we have given whether it's beneficial for a kapha pitta or vata. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, really helpful. I mention it, uh, like yeah, for, example, for example, here. let's go to cinnamon tea, so I, so that I can uh, give a good uh, understanding of. Uh, here is uh, cinnamon tea. Yeah, cinnamon. So this is Ceylon cinnamon tea. So here is the tea, and then I, I on the top of over here. I'm, I'm still here. I'm just, I'm just making you full screen. Yeah, over here, I, I've been. Uh, uh, the recipes over here. Okay. This, sorry, this page. So I don't know if you can see. So I'm. Yeah, yeah. I can. I'm saying over here, good for vata and kapha, and occasionally for pitta. So the reason I'm saying it that this is occasionally good for pitta, uh, because uh, cinnamon is pitta in nature. It's mm -hmm. it's meant to be very heating. Its quality, the virya vipaka, the the gunas, the after post-digestion effect is also which is going to give you more heat in the body. So somebody with kapha dosha would definitely benefit from it and even uh, somebody with vata. So, and then I'm also adding a few mint leaves in the recipe over here. Uh -huh. Sorry, um, can wait like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm adding mint in the recipe because uh, mint is uh, again uh, cooling uh, element in the diet. So the main reason uh, of, you know, mentioning about occasionally for pitta dosha is because somebody who is pitta dominant in their body type cannot have this on regular basis it is going to throw pitta out of balance it's going to give more acidity than digesting the food but uh, but the other doshas would benefit from it and then again to balance the pitta i am adding a little bit of mint leaves so it's just not recipes uh, there is a little bit of ayurvedic uh, uh, you know science application explained uh, with the recipes and uh, most of it we have tried to <coughs> make it all uh, summer dosha as much as possible that all the recipes uh, would be good for three doshas because Anybody. when they are three dosha then it it comes under you know it, it comes under the ayurvedic detox properties so there are some herbs which are good for all three doshas and then, for, for, okay. someone, for someone who's listening to this it's like very technical in some ways yes. so what would you say to someone who wants to start uh living a more ayurvedic friendly lifestyle diet but 
they can't exactly go in, jump in 100% like, know this, know that this is going to aggravate your dosha or this is going to aggravate that. Like that's, yeah. that's like, it's going to come down the line from reading the book and studying yeah. and things. But for someone who's a very beginner, what would you say to someone? How do we start that in a very big, very beginner? So first of all, if, don't worry about the terms, Ayurveda, Vata, Pitta and Kapha. Just don't worry about all these terms. Think about, you know, your your disease, your health problems, your chronic problems, your consciousness and all that you're dealing within the body and outside your body is just not for yourself. You are part of a big universe. And then this entire universe, you know, talking, we'll not talk about the five elements. It's about trying to harmonize. It's, it's about connecting and finding, like you are in a flow of energies. And when you when you block particular nature's energy, then, then that's when you create imbalances. So think about Ayurveda to be something like this, which is, which is, which is there to inspire you how you could have your your entire consciousness your diet and lifestyle flow in the form of the nature talking about the weather uh, talking about uh, say about the 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 day like how you begin your day so because in ayurveda like even the seasons even the uh, the day and even your lifespan is all divided into vata pitta and kapha so it's okay if you don't understand or relate to this these terms but think about that you're really looking for inspiration where you could connect with the nature you could connect and forget vata today how am i feeling what is my feeling today am i am i feeling like brain fog heavy i can't move i feel i don't have a have mental clarity to do something and i feel like i just need to sit down so that is more of earth and water element it's like you want to sit down so that means there is a kapha imbalance and think about i'm feeling very indecisive i'm feeling uh you know my my mind is constantly distracted i can't focus i i really cannot so think about look at the air moving look at the, the, wherever there is ether the air is moving so relate to that that particular symptom is related to vata so you're saying that so you're saying that someone can understand how they are um how healthy you could say they are by seeing what their mind is doing or how they're feeling the fog or the you know um indecisiveness or things like that so those are characteristics of someone who might need to change their diet or so yes. 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 yes 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 and then pitta let's finish it uh then pitta like you know a lot of anger a lot of a lot of uh, you know uh, nature that unforgiveness you, you can't forgive you can't let go so some of it is is you know imbalances of pitta you know because ayurveda is not just about your body your health it goes far beyond that you know wow. it just far beyond that okay by the and, way now i have to say this, this is, as she told this it struck before i forget yeah so i was reading this as i was doing this masters and then my professor comes up and says you see people who are very attached they have a kapha imbalance. You wow. see people who get very angry, their pitta is imbalanced. Those who are very indecisive, lack of focus, they have vata imbalance. And I went back mm -hmm. and I read and I saw that is yes. So a thought which is like you are, you get very attached, even without the 
it gradually imbalances so what happens in your mind percolates into the body as an imbalance yes or you take up like overeating then it gives your mind your imbalance of kapha that converts into an energy that makes your mind attached so that's why when we overeat we get a brain fog because that's when i was able to relate and for me that was as a devotee we have been told oh we have to be angry you know if we should not get angry this and that then i realized oh my god our food is causing all of this <laughs> wow that's huge that's a really? really i didn't know that at all so yes. is that described do you describe that in the book or anything regarding yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, we have the, given a glimpse of the three doshas, the, the balances, and uh, in the beginning, I have given the steps. Actually, I went through the best of times and the worst of times. And when I came out of the worst of times, these were the when I followed the scripture, when I followed these steps, I got the best results. I could really see the fasting. But then, how you come out of the fasting? Now, one of the things that I learned. Uh, looking at because when i'm doing phd now mm -hmm. for everything paper that i write for every paper that i write i have to cite right different papers now one of the papers was by somebody on fasting on ekadashi fasting and other fasting he has written about many religions now he says if you are not able to fast smoothly calmly that's an imbalance right he he, he says that if if however you are able to fast calmly that means your insulin insulin is the main hormone that tells your food where to go in your body so he says that means you have an insulin imbalance that's when i realized oh my god because i know some devotee friends of mine say as soon as they think of ekadashi they get hungry <laughs> the next yeah there's like some kind of like uh a reaction that happens in the body when you hear like oh yes. there's a goddess you know like so people get that reaction and, and yes. we do everything to kind of support it yeah. but yeah. the real mental benefit of that we are missing out the essence of the benefit you know that's that's when i gradually as i read more about how kapha imbalance leads to attachment pitta imbalance leads to anger jealousy enviousness wow imbalance leads to lack of focus lack of memory you know yeah so so coming back to your question you know how would somebody who is new hearing to the terms might feel a little overwhelmed so coming back to that that uh, question is is to like first of all forget the terms and just connect think of think of you know ways to connect with nature and then think of your own symptoms like i mentioned you know the vata pitta and kapha and observe your symptoms observe your symptoms and from there you begin so now kapha imbalances though i i need to lighten my diet i need to have things which are low in starch but more in a way that they they ignite the pitta qualities and they kind of bring brightness into my consciousness so somebody who is of vata constitution would bring those uh you know uh, what we call the other elements to bring back into balance so basically what you are like what wait one second basically what you would do is not dive into the terms is what i'm trying to explain but rather focus on the symptoms and the qualities and go from there 
Mm-hmm. Go from there. Actually, qualities. Yeah. Talking about qualities. That's the main. Yeah. So Ayurveda says you can correct yourself by understanding your qualities. It talks about twenty qualities: heavy, light, dry, wet, right? Then uh, snigda, then uh, slick, like oily. You know all these different. Yeah, uh, untuous. Untuous. Yeah. So dry. all these, all these different qualities that are there. So suppose you have mucus, cough. So you are wet, right? So you need to dry. So what do you take? Dry ginger, mm-hmm. for example, right? So that's how you go with logic. Yeah. Mm? Now some people uh, like in winter. Winter is vata season. Vata means dry. Yeah. Like snow is cold, dry, right? Dry. So people get a lot of dryness, and many many people lack vitamin D, right? Mm-hmm. So what do you do? So you build the opposite quality. So you keep yourself what you eat. should be like more wet should be more wet to overcome the dryness it should be hot so more soups or like whatever you eat should be like kichdi type so in this Nothing way should be dry so in this book we have also given that that which quality you know it will affect and most of the, the the dye is not the same throughout the year yeah yes. exactly it's there is ruttucharya diet which is not same throughout the year because seasons are changing So yeah. everything in the nature is changing. So you also have to change the way you eat, the way you, you know, right. adapt. So that is what is Rutucharya. You adapt according to the nature. Seasons. So even the seasons are classified into three doshas, and even your ages, like you know, when the younger ages, they are more in kapha dosha. No matter whatever, uh, my children, like your children, whatever they are, uh, whatever is they are dominant body dosha type, but children are more prone to mucus related disease. they they everything it's always mucus you know like flu this that pneumonia everything is just mucus and then when you come towards teenage you know towards when you are going to hit the puberty and you're going then there is the personality you see all teenagers have this personality crisis i do teens yoga and i do one on one you know classes for teenagers and there is pitta there is it's 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 coming out their personality they have acne acne breakout and their personality they are exploring so the it's very hard to speak to a teenager it's very hard to Uh, yeah it's very hard you, that is pitta right. imbalance because they are just right. coming out they are their dosha changed they are dominant with pitta uh, qualities for that age of life so so then that is pitta and then towards the old age you come towards vata and that's when you you know old age people are prone to joint problems uh, you know um, you know all all kinds of aches and pains and you know things like that so even your age lifespan is kapha pitta vata oh seasons are also kapha pitta vata for example summer is pitta day is also Eat. even the entire day there is kapha gala pitta gala and vata gala so morning 6 am to 10 is kapha time kapha. so that's the time you should not be eating heavy you should be eating light 10 to 2 pm is pitta so pitta. that's the time you have digestion the jatara agni the main digestive fire is ignited and it's ready to digest some food and from 2 to 6 pm is vata and then again the same thing 6 pm to 10 pm so that's why when you eat after 6 pm you you wouldn't digest and you cannot sleep very well because agni is missing because the agni time is you know 10 to 2 pm and 10 to 2 am right so yeah so so if you are like you know when we sit when we sit up late in the night doing our studies 
and doing our assignments. So if it, if it crosses 11, 30, 12, we begin to feel little hunger because we are in the second phase of Pitta. So we right. need tea. So, so, you know, Ayurveda is a sophisticated science, you know, don't feel overwhelmed. It's rather be encouraged to get little bit details yeah. and, and then you will benefit a lot. I mean, I mean, to, to, to an extent that you will prevent so many unnecessary health issues that you have been having. Right. Going back to, going back to, you, you mentioned characteristics of someone who has ha having brain fog or, or jealousy or excessive anger or things like that. What are, for someone like our age, middle age person, what is our, what are characteristics of someone who is balanced? Like for someone who is, has that balance, what, what are they like? So basically <clears throat> Charaka gives you a good, uh, beautiful definition of health. And he calls it balance. So good health means good balance. So what is that? Samadosha. Yes. Your kapha pitta vata. Right? You don't have too much like acidity or you know too much mucus or too much dryness, airiness. You are like, you know. Samadosha. Uh, samadosha. Samagni. So you have hunger at the right time. Mm. When you are hungry all the time, that's a problem. Right. right. Um, some people think that's funny, but that's not. Uh, so you you have to have hunger strike you at the right time. Because what happens is if you are conscious of your hunger all the time, then you cannot be focused on your study or your work. Right. You're snacking all the time. But when the right time comes, you have already eaten. So to have the hunger ignited at the right time. So that is another balance. And then, by the way, once you eat. It takes 35 days for the food to digest, to convert into what we call ojas or semen, right? Ojas. So it takes 35 days. So for 35 days, if you lead a systematic life without like, you know, one overnight, we didn't sleep, things like that breaks the digestion. Like the, the, the food is being converted into rasa, then blood, then muscles, then yeah. bones, then bone marrow, then to ojas. So that is why Ayurveda talks about consistency. So another symptom of good balanced health is that you are consistent. It's like this time I sleep, this time I wake up and I'm right. more or less, 95% I'm consistent. Samadhatu malakriya. Third is, by the way, stool and urine, you only excrete 30% of the waste of the body. Sweat, another 30% or so. So mostly once I came to America in the East Coast, <laughs> I didn't sweat. <laughs> that's, right. that's a serious began. imbalance. Yeah. That's a serious imbalance. So that's I, hardly, what... I hardly sweat. Exactly. On the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so that is why um, you, you must have seen on Facebook, I went to Cabo, my breathing festival. Yeah, yeah was amazed to see some of some of them were trainers of olympians they they would train olympic athletes and just by breath you know why because 50 percent 40 to 50 percent of your body's waste is thrown out through breath for example we Can't. breathe in oxygen and two oxygen molecules stick to one carbon and then bring them out Mm. There's a TED talk. One guy is explaining how much if you drink one cup of coffee, it takes almost four to six hours for your breathing to throw out all the carbon. When you drink a carbonated water, it, yeah. it takes so much of breathing to oh. throw. 
so and when i did this breathing it was a like amazing new world and of course i did the mudra and meditation programs there and they were blown away by what i had to offer but this breathing i realized that most people don't breathe well enough we don't use our diaphragm we don't sweat well so so actually we need to sweat at least once a week like you said we hardly sweat so yeah. sauna so once i came to vegas you know i really began to sweat again and then i joined a gym here like just for the sauna yeah. the, the steam room and then the benefits of sweating and then once your breathing gets deep like in this uh, uh breathing festival so we had like the only thing i could eat in mexico was boiled vegetables and i would eat a lot of boiled vegetables i was not very heavy but everybody else used to have like heavy lunch and everything i was thinking how will we sit 7 hours because there were like 6 7 sessions you know every day but then you breathe deep enough you feel so energetic so that is why uh balance is in ayurveda it talks about uh balance in you know your skin tone like not dry wet or you know it's like balanced second is you you are able to clear your stomach stool urine so malakriya malakriya prasanna and then your breathing is deep well enough you sweat well uh, prasanna atmendriya manaha then charaka says what is the other symptom prasanna you are blissful mm. that is the symptom atma indriya manaha so he says here he means blissful is that his senses are controlled now like i said kapha imbalance he is too attached he is too greedy now greed and attachment are symptoms of kapha imbalance okay by the way diabetes what we wrote this book specifically for is kapha vata imbalance so kapha is greed so those who are too greedy they develop all these problems too greedy uh too attached then pitta so pitta anger jealousy so you says you are free from these then vata vata means you are imbalance means you have aches pains lack of memory like your mind just like air you know mm-hmm. so when kapha pitta vata is ba- balanced then you are happy that really got, got me like wow what a definition of health yeah. prasanna atma indriya manaha swastha itya vidhiyate so i remember bhaktira samrit maharaj used to always ask me uh, whenever he met uh, his a beautiful question he said are you blissful and i would really think oh my god that's a far away goal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and i realized now i realized that wish i had known all these things earlier you know i would have been so well balanced but yes okay it's never too late life is a learning Yeah. life is uh, all about learning you know yes. so when when we lead balanced and second thing that what really bhakti samrit maharaj also instructed me you know in, when i was in india also i was doing all these things so he said both of us that your mission should be to help devotees with health because he went through a very difficult you know health issues yeah. and and he and he doesn't want any and he takes utmost care so that everyone else you know has the clear idea you know it tries to help them and and i feel that health makes good health makes it easy for us physically mentally 
for in our sadhana you know health is also a kind of sadhana it's not that we are doing it but the point is that we are also an example for others so when we say we are hari krishna and if you are always heavy sick or tired you know that's yeah. not a good example like when i went to this uh, festival in mexico and when i did this mudra session now they are they made like a ted talk like video out of it and uh, it's coming out in like four weeks i'm waiting for it you know it was it was amazingly well received i got messages yesterday it was like they, they were so the point was i was representing hari krishna you know everyone knew that i was a hari krishna and things like that and the way i talked the way it looked healthy and i presented the deeper aspects because they were into breath and you know all these things so we are also an example for others you know and when we bring about this balance with the science it it does help you know yeah so these are uh, i would say ultimately being being so ease healthy and at ease with yourself yeah. you know that is and- the teachings the practice of yoga and the ayurvedic lifestyle so well align with the lifestyle of a bhakta devotees it just aligns so nicely i mean i cannot imagine my health to to come back to my original self you know i mean you have had children like when when you you go through so many imbalances you know you go through a lot you know and then you are awake all the night and you know nursing the kids the baby and everything so that whole phase and i was like i really need something which can bring me back i i really need to uh, you know help myself and the only thing with krishna consciousness i could look up to was you know my yoga mat my practice and uh, the ayurvedic lifestyle so it has given my it has given me so much and so much hope and it, it made me feel confident yes i can i can homeschool i can cook every day i can clean i can still teach classes and it keeps me inspired it keeps me going because i'm constantly working on keeping my doshas in balance because if my doshas are imbalanced then that's when i'm like i'm i'm like i'm fogged i can't sleep i'm i'm like stressed out and hopeless or you feel discouraged or something discouraged. and then you can't be like that you you your children are constantly watching you you know they they want you they they want me all the time and this this is this is my world you know this is my world and i have to be there for them and i'm like i i don't want my my situation my i don't want to feel overwhelmed rather i should come up with solutions that i can stand up for all this which is right now krishna has given me and then i i need to take care of myself and everybody you know in the family my kids especially you know i'm more focused on children that that's just so natural for me yeah. so i feel that the answer was yoga and ayurvedic lifestyle and you know of course my little altar my krishna and kirtan and everything but it's just so aligns i i don't have to make big changes you know like as he mentioned right going to the gym i'm like please i'm not i'm not that person i just can't go spend hours over there <laughs> i just can't do it i need more sattvic i can't go boom 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 i'm, I'm like uh, my my uh, my constitution is also kapha pitta pitta kapha so i'm i'm very creative and i i have pitta qualities but then i'm also very kapha i'm very grounded so i cannot go do all those things that he was telling me i said i'm not doing that it's just i just don't like the whole setup and the consciousness it's just too much go 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 it's very rajasik i need something right. very satvik it just doesn't align with my consciousness i feel like once you are a devotee like you can relate to what i'm saying 
yeah. once you're a devotee then you can relate to this so so definitely food for the soul and detox delights this this all this um, you know recipes and diet and lifestyle has you know has been serving us so much for such a long time and we are wanting to share it to the world and you know that's the way to do another, it so another important point of inspiration which i which i would like to add before i <laughs> sometimes some inspiring thought comes back yeah that's so, why I'm, i'm writing down things too <laughs> yeah, i was listening to uh, so i come from mangalore right south india and uh, i did my engineering in manipal institute of technology and the very next college was kasturva medical college one of india's leading medical colleges and one of the leading uh, dean or doctor there was dr b m hegde and uh, he's one of you know i look, i really like him his talks and he was saying and which i relate to and for what i went through uh, physically when i went through a tough time my health my sugar everything was imbalanced and he said that in modern medicine right the good things are you get good diagnosis right and then uh, surgeries these things are good he says that but then when you come to chronic diseases they have no answer like you are a diabetic that's it you are on medication for the rest of your life according to them thyroid your medication for rest of your life there is no way out of it yeah yes ayurveda it doesn't treat like she said it doesn't stamp you you are a diabetic no it says you have this imbalance you correct this imbalance yes. you'll be fine yeah and that's the hope uh, we're giving with the book and, and the reason about. we got into it what i realized there were two objectives so one i realized that this is the lifestyle that can benefit devotees and and anybody in and anybody in general because this is one way to get and once you are imbalanced uh, once you are balanced i'm sorry your consciousness also gets elevated mm. if i am able to if i don't have brain fog if i am satvik by nature then i sit in a bhagavatam class and i may not be a devotee but i'm very i can understand it very clearly mm-hmm. so i was amazed to understand i was when i joined this phd i saw that mercy international university you know so they do it so good like there are so many students there masters bachelors and phd i was thinking we as hari krishnas we have so much depth only thing is we have to present it as a science why can't we do our own university and we we both decided once i joined my phd i told her you do your masters i'm doing my phd we are starting our oh, own university oh we had three days of three days of uh, back and forth this kept pushing and i said no I, i'm too busy with kids i'm too busy so no 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 i'll help you i, I said i know how much you can help me <laughs> so but but i realized you're studying to 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 create a university Yes, that's our, the whole goal. Our, so our, our goal. books are going to be textbooks. So basically, right now, his Krishna Yoga, the Mudra, and this is part of yoga teacher training because they have the diet, they have the science, the Yoga Sutras, and the Bhagavad Gita, and then they have the Mudra science. Our eventual. So eventually, goal, these would be serving. Our, long... our, our, our real goal is that's why we need a PhD because if you have to be a dean or some higher position, you know. And what we realized was, and and if you look at uh by the way we would also like to say that after your last podcast there was a group of uh, devotees from uh, pure bliss they make uh, energy bars like ayurvedic bars yeah and those devotees connected with us after watching your show oh cool and and you know the most wonderful thing we had a discussion and how we could uh, connect and cooperate yeah. by the way 
they discussed and in our university everyone discussed and looking at after the pandemic and what people went through because of the bad junk food and junk lifestyle so people so ayurveda will be the next big thing in europe and north america sure yeah you are saying that and you know what happened as we discussed in june so we are very happy to announce thanks to you that <laughs> we tied up with them and we are like consultants for pure bliss organic energy bar so we she made after our uh, whole study here we yeah, made so energetic bars kapha pitta vata bars. no they're not kapha pitta vata bars nee, to balance yeah yeah we, i mean we we named them before but now we have beautiful names for them tejas ojas and prana bars so uh, they will something specific for those constitutions no no yes. this is anyone... there is a beautiful science behind so in ayurveda when the essence of balanced kapha dosha is ojas is ojas the essence of balanced pitta dosha is tejas the essence of balanced vata dosha is prana but you so, tell what is ojas yeah, that's what i'm going to say now so <laughs> that's what i'm going to tell you so so ojas tejas and prana when when your body all the three doshas are are in balance then you have ojas ojas is just something like you the expression of being blissful there is there is a shine there Strong. is happiness the inner happiness you know that yeah. that you know a devotee is defined of so you can get it from food from air, like from the environment and from your consciousness of how you have your emotional intellectual exchanges so that is ojas bar and then there are ingredients in ayurveda which are meant to develop ojas into your physiology into your constitution and then tejas tejas is that spark you know that you have this dullness like dull skin dull mind dull lethargic and all those symptoms so that body is lacking tejas it's it's lacking the elements of you know uh, balance of fire within the body or like it's like you know just just imagine there was there was a nice bonfire and somebody put water it's all like foggy like you can't see everything is airy so it's like you know that agni is like intelligence intelligence fire of fire of fire of intelligence. intelligence so those herb and that particular uh, recipe is going to help you ignite tejas into your body and prana definitely the the very life force which connects the soul and the body together so when you have you know you don't have proper breath you don't have proper uh, balance of ether and air then you are like as i said the indecisive and joints aches and pains and dryness in the skin you know constipation and all kind of digestive issues i mean there is n number of uh, all, uh, anyways all the diseases are also vata pitta and kapha they will all be again categorized into they are imbalances so the prana would give uh, you know uh, the balance Energy. of uh, uh, prana so, so here i was um, so it's a uh, uh, krishna sneha jai govardhan and their entire team they are wonderful devotees and uh, it and just started with consultation and no, talking it, it, it over it started with the podcast it, yeah but with the podcast they connected and then from there they said hey you know what we we wanted to get into developing ayurvedic products and then he said oh my wife would be the one because i don't cook <laughs> i don't make anything and, and and frankly i took some of those bars to mexico everyone who ate like wow you know really tell you frankly i'm not yeah. boasting but it was real and sent samples to them to their 
factory you know pure bliss factory and they were amazed they liked it yeah because there is no artificial sugar or anything it's like date figs you know like those kind but of but then also the nuts and herbs are classified uh, with the nature with the gunas and then of course there is vata pitta as i said ojas is related to kapha tejas is related to pitta and uh, you know prana is related to balanced vata so now we are not going to cater on you know diagnosing on everybody's imbalances but no matter whatever is your body type you would need ojas ojas tejas and prana Mm-hmm. so you have those symptoms like if you're feeling like this you can take this bar so basically all three bars would be catering all the doshas for whatever health reasons they are you know they they are lacking ojas then ojas they are lacking that spark tejas and they are lacking that you know uh, you know uh, the, the process of breathing or the dryness in the constitution in the uh, in the digestive tract or the skin so then you're going to take Uh, prana bar so this is such a wonderful ayurvedic uh, approach towards health and wellness and i simplified the whole process and i wrote the recipes and uh, they are such wonderful devotees and uh, i was i was so <coughs> like i felt like you know krishna just bought this whole thing to because i always wanted to do something like this yeah. but i'm not the person to sit and like you know like make like the commercial the business aspect of distributing and all those things because i'm like hey look i have too much to do i need to play with my kids i can't do all this you know yeah. like they're young so yeah. but then it it came it like you know the whole uh, you know the story is unfolding <coughs> in such a way that they were also looking for somebody who could you know uh, you know serve this science at the same time create a product so right. here is the first beginning and yeah so uh, hopefully uh, this summer between june and august yes. so we will have we coming just... coming to a store near you <laughs> ah wonderful all all the oh, no, all, they, over US, all over yeah. us they will distribute but yeah, yeah. this these are like and i was always... and this will be the first fully branded like some people use this is uh, this sugar that sugar you know all these things but this will be fully branded ayurvedic bars Like, like we will say, this is Ayurveda. Obviously, no one's done really the, the Ayurvedics part yeah. of that brand, right? No well, one's done that before. You can yeah. take credit for your podcast <laughs> providing this together. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have a question um, to make it more personal. Um, I, for the past six months, have been going to the gym, and the the reason I started going was I was feeling really lethargic, and I was feeling like I didn't have much energy. So after going to the gym, I go three times a week and I just lift weights. I don't like go crazy or anything, but I lift weights. I get my heart rate up and things like that. And I feel better. I do feel better. But from an Ayurvedic perspective, I understand that's not the best thing. I remember Gornatraj Prabhu, you were talking about that in a previous episode, like that kind of rajasic thing is not the best thing. So, but but I do feel the good effects of it. So what what is your kind of viewpoint on like this modern scientific uh you know suggestion of of weightlifting cardiovascular like real heavy cardio that's obviously helping people lose weight feel better about themselves get their blood flowing get their or, you know hearts pumping and things like that but kind of from the ayurvedic side of things the, from the yogic side like i am very i'm very lucky in that sense my god brother has been like three generations into yoga the traditional krishnamacharya yoga and i went through few years like i went through once like after doing sun salutations my lower back 
was so much in pain and then he told me it's weak so i could not stop doing it because i cannot go back or <laughs> to finish because i had to get it stronger so why i'm telling this is then i had the same with my heels for some time and gradually as i did the asana series i could see a whole new flexibility a change uh, a change in my as they say in yoga hip opening you know yeah. all these forward bends and yeah. and i am at a stage now where i am doing that kurmasana you will see videos hopefully in a month like we are at a, we are now making a video course on this book and we are making video course on mudra and a video course on yoga that's why we are kind of you know focusing on that right now and uh, studying it practicing deeper that's our goal right now and what i realized the difference between gym and yoga see in yoga there is a very much all the asanas are designed to align prana that in the long run it opens up your joints become more flexible whereas if you see <clears throat> when you do weights and other things it's good i mean it's exercise it does definitely it burns sugar it balances insulin you still get those benefits but it's a matter of guna the the sattva guna yoga is to experience only sattva guna mm-hmm. and where does it come to to come to pranayama if you see every asana when you do eventually the final position of an asana leads you to deep breathing deep breathing you can hold an asana and then ananta samapatti bhyam meditation on like when you do sun salutations you meditate on the sun in your heart and then you meditate on the chakras so the difference that i see is in yoga that alignment at that flexibility you know that kalari payat see that doesn't mean this doesn't have benefit definitely it does you know there are benefits there but you get more kind of that balance of prana and the sattva guna that you can experience in yoga and that eventually leads to it is designed in such that each series of yoga the last positions you get into meditative positions like the lotus pose and all things you are able to hold the lower abdomen in and uh, you are able to balance the air here right and then when you see when you do gayatri you know you hold your breath so asana is kind of fulfilling that taking you in that direction whereas when you do weights you are kind of heavy here there you know although it gives you strength but we would say it kind of tightens up vata oh totally it's totally tightening and it's not yeah. Yeah. I don't feel flexible at all like I feel yeah. much yeah. I do feel good I do feel like I'm gaining muscle and I and I feel better and more energetic but I but the flexibility part totally not not there. Yeah. So it that kind of makes you actually more tight. It it tight. makes you a little bit tight. Yeah. Now that can also pack up more pitta or rajas. You know. So whereas yeah. yoga opens up the prana yeah. for sattva. So that is why and i had a discussion with a very very senior vaidya like in india regarding the before we wrote this book you know uh, regarding all the recipes we were having and uh, in the book in the end i have put asanas which are beneficial for and mudras which are beneficial for uh, diabetes and weight loss and all these things i have put a series there in the book and then he was saying 
as I was discussing with him, I was discussing with the same topic about exercise because in the book, as many people say, you know, walking is, you know, walking in generally is good. It's recommended in Ayurveda, all these things. Yeah. But what about exercise and things? He said, the difference between exercise and yoga is yoga is mystical. The way it's designed, the <laughs> yeah. way the asanas are designed, yeah. it's a design of God, design of, we say nature, but it's design of God. And he's designed it in such a way Yes. That it activates those nerves which you don't see, yeah. right? It it vajrasana or bharadvajasana yeah. or these these activate those vajranadi, you know. And bharadvaj, it's like the rishi posture, you know. Yeah. So give a practical, uh, you know, practical understanding of what happens uh, after you practice yoga. So I do this one-on-one -on -one session and I customize the yoga practice and the meditation practice based on their, you know, mental, physical and whatever is going on in their life. And then one of my, one of, you know, I would, I wouldn't say my client because my client always end up becoming my very good friends. So she asked me like, what do you do? What happened? I was so different before the practice. I was like so jittery, angry, and I had so many things in the head. And after the practice, I feel like calm and I feel like something like, you know, what happened i said see there is earth water fire air and ether within your physiology i i i wouldn't go into ayurveda explaining i said so basically yoga and ayurveda both are dealing with the five elements within your body and they are constantly working to find their balance and ether wants to go sit into its place air needs to go sit into its place earth needs to go sit in its own seat and fire also your digestive fire so when you're practicing asana when you're practicing the breath work you're aligning so when you are doing gym uh, you in, in gym when you're working out you are thinking something your breath is completely out of order and you're doing something so like you are scattered basically your consciousness and your breath is not aligned and the very first prerequisite of practicing yoga is alignment of your breath, your focus, and your attention. You bring it in one alignment, yoga. So when you align, that is the key to balance the five elements within your physiology. And that itself clears your vata, your anxiety, your depression, clears the pitta, your anger and frustration, and your you know kapha, your digestion, everything you, you digest well. So that's what actually happens. So, you know, yoga and Ayurveda. So Ayurveda deals with, you know, the diet and lifestyle and everything. And yoga is mystical, as it said. It works in the nadis. It works in the shrotas. So they are constantly, the practices uh, are meant to bring you, bring the balance of earth, water, fire, air, and ether back into its own seat. And that's when you experience, oh, something shifted. No, it came back to balance. You were shifted. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah that, that 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 makes a lot of sense that that yoga actually so much more to do than so much more to do than just the physical aspect of it there's a mental aspect there's a focus aspect um yes. well while weightlifting or exercise just normal exercise yeah. is something that doesn't have to do anything with i mean in some ways it does have to do with focus but mostly it doesn't it keeps yeah. you tight and there's a like a real big rajasic component to it, I think. Yeah. Like for example, when yeah. I do Surya Namaskar, when I do my yoga every morning, I put Purusha Shukta. Oh, right. Yeah. So, has, so I don't listen to Purusha Shukta. I listen to rock music when I'm <laughs> lifting weights. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like, it was like, doof, 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 doof. <laughs> When when he sent me, he said, you need some time. You need to practice yoga. Go to the gym. And I went like first day, second day, third day. I came. I don't want to 
go there. The right. sun, the televisions, and people like, like it's too yeah, it's, much. It's, it's too much. That's true. It's too much for me. Get this all. Waste the money. I'm not going back. Right, right. My, when, you know, I just had, you know, the second baby, and it's like, okay, you just go for two hours. I said, I can't stand that for half an hour. Forget about the two hours. So then he said, he said, you go use the membership. I'm not going there. I just, I couldn't, I could, my energies wouldn't align. I'm like, I, I have a, I have my own, you know, what do you call? It? You know, your lock and seal, your consciousness. You, you, you have locked your consciousness into that, trying to always stay in sattva guna. So then all those were bombarding my consciousness. And I'm like, no, this is this just doesn't align and, with me. And one of the you things know? that I learned, which, which inspired me also by the path of yoga, which uh, where, where I was convinced was Uddhava Gita. Why yoga was so important was Uddhava Gita. Because in Uddhava Gita, Krishna, before Uddhava is asking Uddhava to meditate on his form, he says, first you purify yourself with Nadi Shodhan Pranayam. And as I did more research into Nadi, what happens is today what we are is a product of many, many births um, of memories, right? We have many births, many experiences, lot of karma, and, and all those psychic experiences, tendencies are present like in the subtle body and that needs to be cleared because every time you sit to chant some thought comes means that is sitting in the nerve there. when that is cleared off and Krishna says of purifiers I am the wind mm -hmm. pranayama is meant to clear so the path you prepare the body with the asana you know asana means to be the very word asana means to you know like a seat so you make your body like a perfect seat for the prana to think of, you know, the supreme, you know. So yeah. that convinced me that, you know, <laughs> yoga. Although I did uh, gym for some time when I was very weak. But then in the long run, like I would say it has its benefits. Like for one who is very weak, you know, just to gain a little muscle, and other things, it is beneficial. It's not that it's not. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody would do it. But, yeah, but, but, but it's own place for sure. But right? then as a spiritual practitioner in the long run, you know, when you want to have your uh, like beyond 60s, beyond the age of 60, beyond the age of 70, you know, Krishna Macharya had a fracture on his thigh at the age of 93. And he did not go to the doctor. He did some asanas and meditation like pranayama on his bed itself at the age of 93 and he healed his fracture. He wanted to show the effect at the age of 93. So I thought, okay, if I, let me invest in something for <laughs> if I live long. <laughs> so for, for me, would you say that, um, so try to add in some kind of yoga component to my, yeah. I would say start off, I would say start off just with sun salutations because that is both an asana as well as an exercise. So it gives you benefits of both. Yeah. If you just and how many, how many per day, something like per day or? 11, yeah. 11 per day. If you do, that's a good start. Like 10 minutes, right? One will take 10 to like about a minute. Uh -huh. So you do 10. Actually the Surya Namaskar, I'll send you a recording. If, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's very, so the sun salutations, 
are like for example when you do like this and then when you bend forward that one step it changed my life <laughs> to tell you frankly you know why because i was doing surya namaskar for so many years i didn't see much difference so then when my god brother and we started doing together you know he said when you bend forward bend the knee right and squeeze your tummy in slowly keep your hands next to the feet he gave me all the right alignment mm-hmm. two days after doing that you know my he said the major muscle in your body is your hamstring when that becomes long enough it supports your lower back you are able to bend forward nicely and when i went to mexico i taught this i was asked to teach yoga every morning and all these participants came and when i did this slow proper aligned movements everyone said we never learned yoga like this <laughs> i was mystified because then your muscles become happy just with that sun salutation but i was doing it for so many years like like people do hot yoga power yoga it's like you sweat yourself and try to force you fast yeah. it's not you yeah. you you don't force yourself you align yourself you know you do it right breathe right you know so so maybe we can do a session like we last time in the fasting we did some but we did not <laughs> follow it i don't think yeah yeah we did i think um some breathing thing but yeah yeah Oh uh, yeah, I'd love to. Um I'd love to add Surya Namaskar. I think that's a good idea to Yeah, uh, even if you do just that for like a month, you will see a tremendous difference. Sure, sure. Essential, because essential for kids. I I want to do another podcast about kids cuz you're talking about, you know, that you do it with yoga with teens and and uh all that kind of thing. I'd love to hear more about that. I think all, all our viewers were also here love to hear about that. What's that? That's our next book how to sneak superfood into kids diet and it'll have oh you it's an ayurvedic approach and uh, uh, there is nature's nature's uh, in a process that you could have immune system to be stronger there is yeah. there's an ayurvedic system and introducing those herbs and i'm i'm putting that together there are recipes but you know now uh, i'm i'm in that stage where uh, boomi my daughter she's 9 now so we are uh, i'm having her cook with me so add those stories and kind of wow. give some glimpse of how a different ages what you could do and and then give people a hope yes you know you could really have you know a lot of healthy options of those cookies and the cupcakes and uh, all those uh, you know recipes but you are you know sneaking in superfoods in there and then kids are taking make- it and then they are building up their immune system for the whole life so and ayurveda has given so much of that you know there are so many tips and recipes and ingredients that you need to add so i'm going to you know talk about that in the book and yeah that's now for example many kids suffer from eczema right yeah. and and uh, like we did we stopped uh, for nimai we also had so we stopped wheat second we put uh, manuka honey third we gave coconut oil that's it you know yes, and, and and we gave it to some of our uh, clients you know i have like a subscription program i do meditation and yoga every day and uh, some of them have kids and they tried it it's perfect it it so works. all these recipes they're very simple <laughs> just very simple tips eliminate that is causing vata in your constitution because that's a symptom of dryness 
and then bring in the unctuousness when you give them coconut oil the the dryness is going away and you will always have flare up of eczema towards the spring and towards the fall season because that's when dryness is kicking in into the nature so vata season is coming in so it will show up on the skin so that's when you know okay you now you have to change you need to change the diet you need to change this so it's it's amazing just a little bit of uh, you know knowledge of uh, ayurvedic uh, dinacharya and you know some herbs which are good for your body type and then you will like, prevent so for many example, health issues uh, we make cookies in the book but they are made with almond flour hmm. for example so right? we almond not, not, and not, not flour. white flour or wheat flour you know yeah. so millet flour some of them would have a little bit just for the binding but then most of it is uh, you know with some some herb and the recipe is meant to cure and help with you know uh, you know constipation dryness and alcohol. something i like about what you're saying about ayurveda is that it's like what you're putting in is is what's kind of making things wrong with you is regarding to disease or or any chronic chronic thing while um modern medicine is like just trying to put a bandaid on it and the quickest way possible but it's not addressing like what are you putting into your body that's making you feel yeah. a certain way or making you yeah or what's the source of of, of this like that example of the eczema thing but like i've i also heard that recently as well like it's it's about what people are eating Yes. And, and 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 to cure it from within instead of just you know put something on it and then try to heal it that way but not changing your diet about it or not changing anything about what you're eating but just try yes. to put a band-aid or something on it yes, exactly yes. see that that's the thing because in ayurveda it says that the pradna aparad that i told told you about is yeah. is following the balanced lifestyle the balanced routine when that is missing that's when the diseases emerge mm. so ayurveda is also like following nature following intellect or nature's intelligence <laughs> yeah. well thank you both for for joining me you know it i i always am so excited to talk to you and i and it, you definitely um you know met the mark again so let's do it again sometime after your your other book or if whenever we want to uh talk about that next topic would be really fun so if you want to get in touch with um sundri mataji and uh gornataraj you can look at their facebook pages so there's food for the soul which is that first book you can you can search that on facebook and this is their personal page uh yogi nataraj and sundri dasi you can see on facebook get in touch with them uh get into their programs also when this airs we will put the uh, links for the books in the comments, Detox Delights and Food for the Soul, and also the Mudra book um, as well. Those are the three, right? Yeah. All, this is also on Amazon, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah they're all on Amazon. Sure. We'll, put those, we'll put those links up for mm -hmm. you there. Um, again, uh, thank you so much for, for joining me. I really enjoyed our talk. Same thank here. you so much thank Namaste. you for having us yes. please stay on please stay on for a minute more i'm just going to turn off the live thank you for everyone uh for listening and for joining the podcast Hare krishna, Hare krishna.